Hello, and thank you for joining us for another Clarkson Wright and Jakes podcast, where I'm joined this time by our senior employment lawyer, Laura Claridge. So following the recent National Menopause Day, our topic for today's discussion is the impact that the menopause and the perimenopause can have on UK businesses. According to the BBC, statistically, there are currently a record number of women in full-time employment. Around or approximately 76% of women aged between 16 and 64 are currently in employment, which is thought to total, again, approximately around 15 million women working in the UK today. The menopause will affect every one of these working women, so every workplace up and down the country will have employees experiencing the effects of the menopause or the perimenopause, which many women experience in the years before their menopause. So before we take a look at how organisations approach the menopause, I think it's important to identify the impact that the menopause can have on UK workers. So Laura, to start with, what physical and psychological impacts can the menopause have on employees? And importantly, how do you think this can impact on their daily work routines? So symptoms, it's not an illness, but a generic use of the word, can last an astonishing 12 months to eight years and can include anxiety, persistent loss of sleep, memory problems, brain fog, hot flushes, sweats, migraines, depression, irritability, loss of confidence, hair loss, osteoporosis, heavy and painful periods, which can cause exhaustion and anemia. And there's a reported 45% of women experience severe symptoms. Women over 50 make up 13% of UK workers, but the menopause can affect a wider range of people than you might expect. The NHS estimates one in 100 women experience early or premature menopause in their 30s, and some medical circumstances will cause immediate menopause, regardless of age, for example, some cancer treatments or a hysterectomy. Early menopause causes the additional psychological distress of infertility at an early age. Trans men may also experience the menopause. To date, very little work has been done to research the impact of the menopause on long-term careers of women in the UK, although this is just beginning to change. A 2017 government review reported that menopausal women were one of the fastest growing groups in work. And as you mentioned, there are now a record number of women in full-time employment. Earlier this year, major banks, insurers and asset managers announced that they were taking part in a landmark survey on menopause to be carried out by the Fawcett Society. Um, This was amid fears that a lack of support may be hindering women's access to senior roles in the city. There are about 130,000 women working in financial services and many women are only in a position to seek more senior roles when they are between the ages of 45 and 55, which often coincides with the menopause. Um, Research carried out for Vodafone found that a third of women in work said they hid symptoms of menopause at work and that in the UK, 63% of women in all age groups had shied away from asking for support in the workplace for perimenopause and menopause symptoms, feeling that a stigma remains associated with menopause, which as a health issue has remained firmly on the shelf. Okay, so due to the lack of research, I I think it's it's fairly unsurprising that many UK organisations fail to fully recognise the challenges associated with the menopause. Um, I think what we should explore next is what is the current level of knowledge um, across our society and our business sectors? 
One of the fundamental problems for both employers and employees is lack of knowledge and training. Many women who experience perimenopause or menopause symptoms struggle to find support, information or treatment from their GP and health professionals. It's interesting that menopause is not mandatory training for GPs, so it's very common for GPs to misdiagnose a woman suffering with, say, anxiety or poor concentration, loss of sleep, low self-esteem and prescribe antidepressants. An employer may have concerns about a drop in a woman's performance at work with memory problems or poor concentration, irritability and seek to address it through traditional procedures such as a capability process with the associated uh, micromanagement and stress for all involved. The Office for National Statistics also reports that, crucially, men hold a higher share of management roles, such as directors, managers or senior officers, of 14%, as against 9% of women in these roles. This invariably has an impact on how women with menopausal symptoms are perceived and treated if there's a fundamental lack of knowledge and awareness. And it's worth noting that only very recently did the government change the curriculum in schools to start teaching about the menopause. Often menopause is not on the radar of managers to explain a change in performance, conduct or attendance. And if it is, then all too often there's a reluctance to speak about it due to perceived stigma and taboo. The TUC in Wales reported that less than 1% of people had a workplace menopause policy and that 90% of those surveyed would welcome a policy and training. There might be additional issues for women from different ethnic minority backgrounds, perhaps already facing discrimination at work, or women with existing disabilities for whom the menopause only exacerbates their existing conditions. It's also reported that the highest rate of suicide in women is between the ages of 45 and 49, when many women are experiencing perimenopausal symptoms, and it's a concern that this could be a hidden cost of the lack of information or help available. Thanks, Laura. Um, So with such a lack of understanding, I think it's fairly obvious to say that there is a high risk of of UK organisations failing to properly recognise the effects of the menopause. Um, So, Laura, I thought the next question should be, or the next area to to discuss is, what do you think are some of the pitfalls um, around this lack of understanding? And do you have any examples of where companies have got it wrong? Yeah, while menopause in itself is not a disability, the effects of it can be and many aspects of the menopause will in themselves be capable of being a disability within the meaning of the Equality Act. It's useful to remind ourselves of the test in the Equality Act. Disability is a mental or physical impairment which lasts 12 months or is likely to last at least 12 months and which has a substantial adverse impact on day-to-day life. Any of the symptoms we've mentioned already are capable of this. There have already been cases before the tribunal dealing with menopause, um, including the first menopause case, which was Merchant and BT in 2012. In this case, the claimant was being performance managed for capability concerns. Her manager had received a report from her GP, which indicated that there were health issues related to the menopause. However, he chose to disregard the medical evidence and dismissed her due to poor performance. He also made the additional mistake of relying on his own personal experience of his wife having gone through the menopause. Rather than relying on fresh medical evidence, he relied on this anecdotal evidence. The tribunal found against BT as the manager had failed to follow the capability policy, which referred to seeking medical evidence. It also concluded BP would not have treated a male in comparable circumstances suffering with failed concentration in the same way. In a more recent case, A and Bon Marche Limited in 2019, 
The claimant was a senior supervisor at the retailer and had worked there a long time. Her manager started a bullying campaign, ridiculing her as she was going through the menopause. This included calling her a dinosaur and he encouraged other staff to laugh at his comments. During a restructure, her post was unaffected, yet others were encouraged to apply for her role. She suffered some significant sickness absence, but did manage to return to her role on a phased basis. She worked shorter hours. However, the manager, the claimant's manager placed her on a full shift for the following week. She resigned and suffered a complete breakdown due to the harassment and bullying she had endured. She was successful in her claim for age and sex discrimination and was awarded £28,000. This was £10,000 for loss of earnings and £18,000 injury to feelings. This was as a result of the serious bullying and harassment she had suffered. So the risks of ignoring the increasing impact of the menopause in the workplace is serious and poses a threat of claims for disability, sex or age discrimination, which bring with them the risk of an uncapped award for compensation and an award for injury to feelings, uh, bullying, harassment, victimisation claims, so creating a hostile or degrading environment and claims for unfair dismissal. There's also with that the reputational damage of public hearings and publicly available employment tribunal judgments. So you need to ensure that managers know they can refer employees to occupational health or seek a report from their GP in order to consider any reasonable adjustments and be mindful that the tribunal will expect employers to act on medical advice rather than a manager's personal experience as we saw in the merchant case. Okay, so referring to an occupational health professional or a general practitioner GP are considered uh, reasonable steps in deciding suitable courses of action. But what else do you think should organisations be doing to proactively support women workers during their menopause? Training is really important. With an ageing female workforce and with more women than ever in employment, employers should consider implementing training for managers in this area. So reviewing how you manage absence, performance, capability and conduct and putting menopause on the radar for managers is the starting point. So ensuring that managers are able to respond appropriately to employees who might seek help or support or who start to struggle in their jobs. In the same way that we see with mental health issues, providing a safe place to discuss the menopause is critical. Research shows that if employees are able to discuss mental health problems safely with their employers, it will reduce their levels of absence. By analogy, employers can implement policies and training for managers to support women at work in the menopause transition. This can include uh, educating for change in workplace culture, ensuring that all line managers and HR staff are trained and aware about how menopause can affect work, what adjustments might need to be made and any health and safety issues if there are any, reviewing your policies on sick leave, capability, performance, disciplinary and recruitment to ensure that there is no disadvantage to workers going through the menopause. And additionally, the working environment shouldn't make symptoms worse. Workplace environment includes things like the provision of cooler working places or control over temperature or light in the workspace. If employees wear a uniform, can they change the type of clothing? They wear if they're suffering hot flushes or sweats, for example, private working spaces and flexible working arrangements, and also dedicated menopause sick leave, which should not be counted or should be adjusted against absence management trigger points. The Bradford factor, for instance, penalises frequent short-term absence, and this could disadvantage a woman absent for menopausal-related symptoms. So one size doesn't fit all. 
Every workplace is different, but the beginning is to start the conversation. Look at the culture of your organisation right now. Where are the main risks? Look at your working environment, the senior management team, line management team and HR too. By doing this, you start a process of training, education, um, look at implementing a specific menopause policy, outlining support for workers experiencing the menopause and information on what options there might be for working time, environment and so on. Deal promptly and appropriately with any so-called workplace banter or stereotyping of women suffering with menopausal symptoms. Deal promptly with bullying and harassment. Review and change policies, particularly those on capability, on performance, sickness, absence and conduct, to ensure they put menopause on the radar for those managers tasked with dealing with these procedures. And there's no point in having the policy if your line managers or HR managers never read it or don't know that it exists. So it's about being proactive. Okay, thanks. So I think that's it from us today. Um, I'm sure you'll all agree a very interesting topic that has some fairly serious implications and challenges for our workplaces. Um, Certainly listening to Laura, it would seem to me um, that protecting the financial health of our business is directly dependent on protecting the health of our employees. Um, I think more needs to be done to further support our female colleagues through a greater understanding of the menopause and also by developing suitable workplace practices as part of what could be a strategic well-being program. So as I said, that's it from us today. On behalf of myself and Laura, we hope you found this podcast helpful. As we always mention, with all of our podcasts, we aim to give general information on important topics facing our UK businesses. If you are looking at a complex issue, uh, we would always suggest seeking specialist legal advice. And finally, before we go, if you haven't already done so, you can listen to our other podcasts by heading over to our company website, where we discuss numerous topics Uh, some of which include managing mental health in the workplace, performance and capability, and social media, um, amongst some other subjects as well. So thanks for listening. Until the next time, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.